Welcome to Managed Carecast, a podcast from the American Journal of Managed Care. My name is Gianna Melillo, Associate Editor of the American Journal of Managed Care. In a recent paper published in JAMA Network Open, Dr. Charlie Ray and colleagues examined experiences and opinions of nearly 150,000 Americans representing the five major forms of health insurance coverage. Specifically, the researchers used survey data from the 2016-2018 Behavioral Risk Factor Surveillance System and compared access to care, cost of care, and reported satisfaction among those with public or private insurance. Representing the experiences of over 61 million U.S. adults, respondents included Medicaid and Medicare beneficiaries, those with Veterans Health Administration or military coverage, and those with individually purchased and employer-sponsored coverage. On this episode of Managed Carecast, Ray, an assistant professor of medicine at the University of California, San Francisco, describes the surprising findings of the team's analyses and offers some solutions to improving the quality of health insurance coverage in the United States. Welcome to Managed Carecast, Dr. Ray. To begin, could you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about the work you do? Yeah, my name is Charlie Ray. Uh, I'm a health services researcher, um, internist, and hospitalist at the San Francisco VA Medical Center. Um, I do health policy research um, that focuses uh, primarily on uh, the care that occurs within the VA healthcare system. And then I also do a lot of work around sort of the intersectionality between social risk uh, and the adoption and use of virtual care technology, such as telemedicine. How did you carry out your most recent study and why did you decide to look at this data now? Yeah, this was a, a, a really fun study. So we recently had our um, article published in JAMA Network Open, looking at access to care, cost of care, and satisfaction with care among adults with, with private and public health insurance um, in the United States. And the impetus for this study really sort of sat around this idea where if you looked at um, very common polls that are oftentimes published in the United States, you oftentimes see that uh, people oftentimes believe that private health insurance to sort of be this gold standard of uh, health insurance options in the US. But if you took a step back and actually looked at a lot of the literature that's published around this, you actually see that many of the public options that are available oftentimes are, you know, for lack of a better term, better uh, than private health insurance. So my colleagues and I wanted to sort of sit back and see, you know, is there some way that we can potentially um, examine this question a little bit further? Um, And so we ended up using a large data set, uh, the BRFSS, the Behavioral Risk Factor Surveillance System, which is a large survey that is conducted um, every year in the United States. And we wanted to ask the question, if you compared public and private health insurance options um, across the domains of access, costs, and satisfaction with care, which of those come out on top? So what were the main findings and did any surprise you? Using this survey, we were actually able to um, uh, examine over 149,000 respondents, which was representative of around 61 million Americans. And what we found was um, compared to individuals who had Medicare coverage, um, individuals with private health insurance 
reported that they were more likely to have instability in their insurance coverage. They had greater difficulty seeing doctors due to costs. They um, were not taking as many of their medications due to costs, and they had higher degrees of medical debt. And then they were less satisfied with care. Again, those are individuals um, with private health insurance comparing to Medicare. Now, when we looked at the Medicaid data, there was a little more heterogeneity there. And what we mainly found in comparing um, individuals with Medicaid compared to individuals with private health insurance was that uh, individuals with private health insurance said that they had greater amounts of medical debt. Now, the satisfaction and access to care data was very heterogeneous. Um, with Medicaid, and that's not terribly surprising because Medicaid is a state-based um, insurance platform and every single state basically administers this very differently. And then finally, when we looked at VA-based care, so uh, veteran-based care, we found that individuals with VA uh, uh, insurance um, generally did a little bit better as well. So people with private health insurance said that they had, again, greater instability in insurance coverage. They had a greater difficulty seeing a doctor due to cost. They had greater amounts of medical debt. So among these three public health options that are potentially available to broad swaths of the U.S. population, they did, you know, on par, if, you know, on par, or at least as good as private health insurance, and in many situations, much better. So broadly speaking, what do you think accounts for these discrepancies between the responses from those with public insurance and those with private insurance? Yeah, it, and that's that's really hard to explain that. And my co-authors and I have tried to delve into this, I think, a little bit differently. And I think if you first step back, you have to look at what are private health insurance companies, you know, trying to do. Um, and of course, they are, um, you know, private companies trying to make money uh, and public health uh, insurance options have a different uh, 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 modus operandi on what they're trying to accomplish. As, as my co-authors and I have said, we have monetized the profits and socialized the risk within medical care. And so when you had those types of divisions um, within uh, insurance platforms, uh, then I think you're going to start coming up with the findings that, that, we, that we came up with. What improvements could be made to better protect those individuals covered by private insurance against increasing costs of care? Yeah, this is a really good question, one that we sort of discussed in our paper a little bit. Um, if you looked across the comparisons, um, whether it be Medicare, Medicaid, or VA-based care, essentially all three of those public health modalities, um, individuals um, reported less medical debt and less issues with costs. So the potential problem is lying, of course, with costs of care uh, with individuals with private health insurance. And you can address that by, by a couple of ways, right? So um, one way that you could think about is, is we could uh, increase subsidies for those who have private health insurance. Um, and uh, the federal government could, could subsidize some of the payments or some of the costs or out-of-pocket costs that people are incurring with private health insurance. Um, we could reduce cost sharing um, and deductibles as well. Um, there could be policy put in place that could sort of use that as a lever. Uh, and the other thing that we have sort of explored, and though we didn't necessarily delve into it with this paper, was eliminating surprise medical billing. Um, this seemed to be, at least in some subgroup analysis that we didn't publish uh, in this paper, um, a large driver of costs and medical debt. Uh, and so legislation that at least uh, addressed surprise medical billing 
could be another potential avenue for uh, decreasing costs for those who have private health insurance. Going back a minute to instability for those with private insurance, your report found that compared with those covered by Medicare, individuals with employer-sponsored insurance were more likely to report instability in insurance coverage. And we definitely saw the ramifications of this when millions of workers were laid off due to the pandemic. So in your opinion, do you think this pandemic in 2020 really drew more attention to the instability of employer-sponsored health insurance in America? And if so, what can be done to address this or prevent this from the next pandemic hits? Yeah, that's a great point. I, I think when uh, the pandemic hit and unemployment uh, rates went up, um, anybody who you know has any cursory understanding of how um, private health insurance is, is primarily, levied, primarily levied in the United States, which is through an employer, began to see the, the problem that you describe, which is when people get laid off, they lose their health insurance. Um, and uh, that is, of course, a major issue that we will have to address when, as healthcare reform, or rather as the discussion around healthcare reform uh, continues in the coming years. Um, how we go about that uh, is gonna be very debatable. Um, of course, there is a Medicare, Medicare for all crowd who state that if, of course, there was a single government entity that was always around and always available um, and is not um, dependent upon one's employment status, then you wouldn't have uh, uh, sort of that variability in coverage as, as people want to go along in life. Um, but of course, uh, that's a tough road to hoe at this point in time. I'm not sure that that's going to happen um, at this point. So I, I think that is debatable and whoever comes up with the solution to that uh, is, is gonna have a nice legislative win. Can you discuss what role the Affordable Care Act played in your findings, if any? It's hard for us to examine exactly what role the ACA played in our findings. Now, of course, as we know, the ACA, um, as it was enacted, sort of uh, expanded Medicaid access, um, or the goal was to, of course, expand Medicaid access um, at state levels. And of course, not all states you know, took the federal government up on that offer. Uh, some of the issues that we sort of highlighted that we found in our findings were, uh, were, of course, that we couldn't show a lot of differences between Medicaid and private health insurance. Uh, and why is that is because Medicaid is, as I mentioned earlier, it is dispersed in such a different fashion and different roles among every single state. For instance, in some states, the um, uh, cost sharing plans or the out-of-pocket costs are just drastically different. We highlight that in Kentucky, co-pays are $50 for a hospital stay, whereas in Maine, they're $3. In Delaware, there's nothing. So as the Affordable Care came out, uh, Affordable Care Act came out, it certainly improved access, but it didn't necessarily uh, entail that everyone have the same type of access. Uh, and that's something that we potentially show and highlight here in this paper. And that kind of leads into my next question. I mean, you sort of just touched on this, but if there's anything you want to add, um, what accounts for the differences reported by Medicare beneficiaries and Medicaid beneficiaries that you found in your research? I think you have to take a little step back and Medicare and Medicaid, while of course both publicly funded insurance options are very different just fundamentally because they serve different populations, right? Medicare, of course, 65 and older and those who have chronic illnesses and in-stage renal disease and Medicaid traditionally for our underserved populations who are typically younger. 
Um, and so one of the things that um, we can't do very well, we couldn't do very well in our study is, is directly compare some of these, uh, these, pop, these populations. Um, we can do our best. And what we tried to do was, um, of course, adjusting for health, um, health status. Um, so how sick an individual is, but there are likely lots of underlying factors that are driving the differences between Medicare and Medicaid outcomes. Um, and many of those are just really hard to control for in the type of study that we performed. Well, those are all the questions I had prepared, but is there anything we didn't touch on you'd like to include, or do you have any closing thoughts you'd like to share? You know, I'd like to say that, you know, this was a great study, and I think what it's done is classically over the years, people have said, you cannot compare these groups to one another. And, you know, myself and my co-authors want to acknowledge that it is very difficult to compare uh, a Medicare to private health insurance to Medicaid to VA. But what we've done here is that at least started the conversation around the idea that we should be actually looking or attempting to look at differences between these um, between these health insurance options. Because in the next few years, hopefully, as the United States comes back to the drawing board about how we reform healthcare, we need to understand and, and uh, consumers need to understand what are the options, what's available, what's quality insurance. Um, because if everybody believes some falsehood that one insurance is necessarily better than the other, um, then we're starting off with the wrong foot. So we hope that this paper just contributes to that conversation and allows us to uh, further examine uh, the differences between these public, between these uh, insurance options. Great. Well, thank you again so much for taking time to speak with us today. Thanks, Gianna. It was a pleasure. To learn more about this issue, visit AJMC.com or see the show notes. To get in touch with us, email info at AJMC.com or follow us on Twitter at AJMC underscore journal. If you like the podcast, don't forget to subscribe and rate us.